there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. You probably look up at the TV every few years and think, wait, skateboarding is in the Olympics? How did that happen? Only nobody has ever made a sing-song cartoon about how something becomes an Olympic sport, where a cute little award becomes an Olympic gold medal. That process is rapidly changing, allowing for new games, activities, and hobbies to find their way to the Olympics. And I'd like to explain how all this works, so you aren't surprised when you turn on the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles and see someone receiving a gold medal in Ultimate Frisbee. The first step in the process is no, 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 I am not singing it. I'm just going to explain it. No songs, only words. Historically, the International Olympic Committee has been reluctant to add new sports to its program, but it's recently grown worried that the Olympics are losing traction with younger fans. Apparently, the kids don't think archery, fencing, and equestrian are lit. So, starting with this summer's Tokyo Games, up to five new sports can be added by every Olympic host committee. I'm talking with Robert Knob Rauch, head of the World's Flying Disc Federation, the organization in charge of Ultimate Frisbee. Knob, pretend I'm on the LA 2028 host committee. Why does your sport belong in the Olympics? There's only so many different versions of wrestling people really want to watch these days. Not many people are following modern pentathlon, and this is something that people have fun with. They like watching the Frisbee, so we believe this would be a really good addition to the portfolio. This is the Ringer Guide to the Summer Games. I'm your host, Roger Sherman. today's sport of the day, becoming an Olympic sport. And yes, that's a sport in its own right. The IOC classifies everything that happens at the Olympics into three categories. No. no, no, stop it. No, I am not doing a song. No singing. The IOC classifies everything that happens at the Olympics into three categories. There are sports, disciplines and events. Think of it this way. Wrestling is a sport. Greco-Roman wrestling is a discipline. And the men's Greco-Roman wrestling heavyweight division is an event. Medals are handed out at events. If a sport is already part of the Olympics, it's easy for it to add an extra medal event, especially if it won't require additional athletes or venues. Archery, basketball, canoeing, and table tennis are among the sports that added new events in Tokyo. But to add a new sport, the IOC hates that. The IOC splits its billions of dollars in television revenue between the federations of its 28 core sports, and they won't get more cash from NBC for adding a 29th. The IOC members who vote on adding new sports are generally members of those 28 core sport federations, if they vote to add new sports, they'd cut into their share of IOC profits. Why ruin their good thing? 
Well, because they've started to worry that their good thing is getting ruined by declining youth interest. So the IOC came up with a bold policy, starting with the Tokyo Games. Not just adding one sport, but up to five. And the people in charge of picking those are the host committees, not the IOC, meaning the sports will change every Olympics. Isn't that nice? When cities pay more than $20 billion to host the Olympics, they now get to pick some of the sports that go in their expensive new stadiums. Because new sports are coming in and out every four years, the IOC's interests are still protected. It's not welcoming new members to the club, just allowing guests from time to time. Tokyo picked climbing, karate, skateboarding, surfing, and baseball slash softball, which counts as one sport. Paris, the host of the 2024 Summer Games, dumped baseball and karate, but added breakdancing. With the 2020 and 2024 slots all locked up, all eyes turn to the LA Games in 2028. And that brings us back to the World Flying Disc Federation and our pal Nob. So how does a sport get chosen for the Olympics? That too is a process. First, it needs an international fe- Shut up! Just let me explain how sports get into the Olympics, okay? First, a sport needs an international federation like FIFA for soccer. Officially, a sport needs to be played by men in at least 75 countries and by women in at least 40 countries to qualify. Then, that federation needs to convince an Olympic host committee that it deserves to be included. So let's turn it over to Nob. The decision-making process is complex. We could have a conversation, but I'd probably want it off the record and over a beer. Nob has been president of the WFDF since 2011. He says he first dreamed of getting ultimate into the Olympics way back in 1988. In 2019, he flew to LA to have the same conversation we're having, pitching ultimate as an Olympic sport. What makes this sport stand out? One of the things that we believe differentiates ourselves is that we don't use refs. We are a self-governed sport on the field. Players are expected to make their own calls. And I know it sounds a little weird in this day and age where it's doping and cheating scandals and betting and all this other horrible aspect that surrounds sport, but it actually works even at the highest levels of our sport. I think that's something that really sets us aside if the Olympics truly are going for the ideal of Olympism. Hold up. You don't think the IOC people are going to come in and say, we can't have the gold medal game being decided by someone making their own call? You think that this is a selling point? I actually think it's a great selling point. We have had an active dialogue with both the IOC Sports Department, the World Games people, and they have never once questioned not having referees. They've watched our world championship events and been very surprised at the fact that it actually works. When people think of the Olympics, they think of these very buttoned up, very official events. And when I think of Ultimate, I think of this dude who lived on my floor, who had really long hair and was on our school's club team. And he didn't even like other sports, but he could put a Frisbee anywhere he wanted. It was incredible. Are you trying to ditch that chill reputation or are the Olympics coming to meet you? One of the big selling points is people like to do it. It's fun. And it does have that 
slightly countercultural aspect to it. If you look at some of the sports that have been brought in, certainly skateboarding and surfing probably share a somewhat similar background and they still maintain a somewhat similar sort of alternative edge to them. And I think that is something that is being realized in Lausanne, the headquarters of the IOC, is actually too boring. It just that's a, a selling point for us coming to Southern California and saying, hey guys, we get it. We figure it out. Nob, good luck getting Ultimate into the Olympics. Thank you very much. I uh, already came up with our logo if they let us in. Nob has a lot of competition for these spots. Sports like baseball, softball, surfing, and skateboarding also feel at home in Southern California. When I said that becoming an Olympic sport is a sport in its own right, this is what I mean. But after talking to Nob, I'm in. Ultimate absolutely feels in line with what the Olympics are trying to do. Maybe the bowling people could have sold me too. I'm very easily convinced. In seven years, gold medals will be awarded to athletes you don't expect. A bowler, a rollerblader, or maybe, just maybe, an ultimate star. And when you turn on your TV, you'll understand how. You know what? Play me out. I'd like to thank our associate producers, Erica Cervantes and Lonnie Ronaldo, who literally made these episodes. Additional thanks go to Ben Glixman and Arjuna Ramgopal. I'd especially like to thank The Ringer's fact-checking team for making sure I didn't say anything wrong in these episodes. And I'd like to thank you for listening.